Well, welcome back to 10th Man. Uh, today I have a very special esteemed guest who has uh, reached out to me from across the globe. Uh, Davide De Salvio, I'm saying that correctly? De Salvia. De Sa Salvia, sorry. Okay. Uh, and no you problem. are from the uh, University of Milano Bicocca. Am I saying that yes. right? <laughs> okay. Yes, that's correct. All right. Um, so, yeah, so you, you reached out to me a little while ago about the situation going on uh, with the pandemic. So, and, and, and I understand you have some things you'd like to share. Um, yeah. So would you be able to just kind of give me a quick, quick background on your area of expertise, your area of study, yeah, and sure. kind of what brought you, brought you here today? Yeah, um, I am an international medical student. I am an IMS student. I study medicine and surgery at the University of Milano Bicocca. I am also the chief of, I am one of the chief executive for Young Doctors for Italy, which is an organization in Italy that uh, helps the parliament in writing the law with other organizations like us. Uh, we do cabinet level meetings. We, you know, we basically take care of the healthcare, and uh, we also help our legislators to give uh, more an inside look to the world of healthcare because sometimes the world of healthcare can be very confusing can be very i want to say secluded sometimes uh, very secluded because people usually don't understand and don't know they only go to the hospital and see the people with the white coat but they don't know how much there is behind it they don't know for example what is the logistic of healthcare what means logistic in healthcare what are what is all of this what are the people behind the white coat so this is really important to understand because right now in these trying times in these hard times yeah every single healthcare system in the world is put under strain under pressure and no country on earth was prepared to deal with a global pandemic no one is because no one expects it no one no one ever uh, expects it you can have a lot of contingency plan, you can have a lot of fallback lines, but in the end, sometimes things just don't work because sometimes the pathogen is different, sometimes the means of transmission are different. Sometimes uh, you simply have some bureaucracy and uh, some uh, human issues that maybe let you detect the virus too, too late. Right. I, will say it, uh, I will say it simply just, uh, just a fact. Here in Italy, we have discovered, thanks to our water analysis, that uh, we had traces of, of coronavirus, of COVID-19, back uh, in um, December, in December of 2019. So the virus was circulating in Italy already from December 19, well, from December of 2019. Mm -hmm. So this means that when we detected the virus in February in Italy, uh, actually it was already circulating freely for over two months. It will be the same, it is likely to speak, it is uh, usually it will be the same also in the US. Then when you detect the virus, your first case, actually maybe your real first case could have been there from maybe one month, two months right. earlier. Right. You, when you look at each number on a chart, when you look at every number, you need to understand that the number is an estimate. It is nothing, it is nothing set in stone. Because right now, no one on earth knows exactly how many cases there are in a country, when it started, and how it started right. in that country. Maybe we know the virus because the virus is probably and likely a zoonosis. Zoonosis are not new because I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories around, you know, it is created in a lab and everything like that and everything like this. Guys, no, it is simply a zoonosis. Zoonosis have existed since the birth of time. <laughs> zoonosis are the diseases that pass from a species to another. That's it. Mm -hmm. It is nothing magical. It is nothing strange. For example, the Black Plague. The Black Plague, um, the Black Death was a, was a zoonosis. Mm. Right back in the days, they didn't have right. genetic labs. They didn't <laughs> right. have any kind of labs. Right. So, because when you start looking into it, it is really simple. Because sometimes the the cells uh, that constitute different bodies are more similar than maybe we can think. So sometimes the receptors, in this case the ACU, uh, the ACE2 receptor, which is the receptor that is present into the ciliate cells of the of the lungs of the of the respiratory tract and also into some uh, into some cells of the gastrointestinal tract but i don't want to bore you with details the point is that this receptor 
which is the key to enter in the cell, which is the key that COVID, uh, this virus, this, this SARS-2 novel coronavirus, exploit to enter in the cell through a process called endocytosis, because it literally, it really, it, it is as the word says, it literally clots himself into the membrane of the cell and literally projects himself mm -hmm. into the cell and then interreplicate. Because guys, a virus is not a living being. A virus is not a living organism. A virus is a parasite. The virus need other cells to replicate, survive, mm -hmm. and prosper. Otherwise, I they see. simply die. Right. So this virus hijacks and exploits our cell. This is what he does. He enters through this receptor called ACE2 receptor, because I think everyone is familiar with the shape of the virus. That little spikes that we see are mm -hmm. the keys that he uses to open up the cell and then and enter into it, and then replicate, okay. uh, put this genetic material, etc., etc., etc. Right. Also, um, just another uh, just another funny fact: when you see the damage then that the virus does, you understand that it's actually really, really dangerous. Sure, it is not the most dangerous disease on earth. There is always something terrible, but the problem. The big problem with this, with this disease is the numbers that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a disease with a, a lethality, for example, of 90%, yeah, sure, it is more dangerous, per se, than COVID. But how many people this can disease infect? And how many people can COVID infect? Because if you're talking about a mortality rate, for example, for children, is 4% the mortality rate. If you talk for children of age group between zero to 12, this is an average that I did, I can show you also later the studies. Mm -hmm. um, with this uh, mortality rate that you have of 4%, if you talk about, uh, for example, in America, uh, the, uh, mm, let's say that you infect 80,000 children, 4% of 80,000 is 4,000. Uh, the correct number is that today, 83, uh, sorry, 4% is the critical condition, not the death rate. It is the critical condition of the child. Sorry, guys. Oh, okay. Uh, the 4% of the children goes, uh, go into critical conditions. So okay. the problem is that critical condition today, we don't know exactly how they will they recover, if they will recover, right. and when. Because the virus is new. So the long, right. last, the long last damages of this virus, we don't know them. We don't know nothing. Because what will happen in one year? The lungs of this person that got infected, will they recover fully? It will be able to live a normal life like before? We don't know it. The number of children today that got into critical condition is 401,051. But if you see only the percentage, it's 4. 4%. But the actual number of people is this. How many people died in the Twin Tower attacks? Around 2,000. For 2,000 people dead, USA declared a, declared a war. Right. It went, it went a war for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then for 4,000 kids that maybe will, will not be able to run, maybe will not be able to recover. Guys, this is the problem. Because sometimes when you see an explosion, when you see a big problem, mm -hmm. something very flashy, it usually generates an emotional response, okay? But sometimes the worst things are things that you don't see. Sometimes the lives are taken, not with a flashy explosion, but they're just taken away by a disease. Right. And the deaths are all equal. You showed in the USA a lot of resolve in fighting, uh, you know, the terrorists. Maybe something. Maybe the, maybe there is some political connotation that someone can say is, has been a good thing, a bad thing. I don't want to enter into politics, but the point is that you right. should resolve. You showed a lot of resolve. What is right. your resolve right now that you are arguing over face masks? It it is crazy. Yeah, it is simply mind blowing. People one century ago, literally once uh, more than one century ago, during the Spanish influence, during the Spanish flu, during the influenza española, during the Spanish influenza, mm -hmm. they understood that they needed to wear a mask because if something is transmitted through hair, it will, you know, you need something to block it. Right. It is not rocket science. <laughs> if they can breathe, 
and get you infected. I need to put a barrier between you and me. Right. And, and isn't that, and uh, thank you for everything you just said, because you, you've laid it out in a way that I couldn't hope to do. Um, and so I'm, as from what I'm understanding, and you know, you were talking about that uh, it's a parasite, so it needs a, a living host, right? So it is, it, is, it is not exactly a parasite because parasites are different means, but it acts like the parasite. So we can see it's a para, it has a parasitic-like uh, attack right. and life and life because parasites are different. It's parasites are composed by cells, but it works as a parasite basically, and on right. cellular level. So when it comes to like the masks, like you were just talking about, yeah. uh, is that why uh, they, they are so effective if they're used constantly across the board? Because we've, in places in, in, in our country and obviously in, in Italy and other places where they're much more consistently enacting social distancing and mask wearing, the cases are getting massively un- under control. And from what I'm understanding, yes. that's because those uh, not parasites, but like parasites, as you said, are not having the ability to latch on to a, a living host. Is that, is yes. that correct? Yes, totally. Also, guys, to, uh, we also need to understand that right now we are facing COVID into its worst season. It is like fighting right. an enemy because it is it's literally an enemy of ourselves, so of ourselves, in its weakened state. It is like, it is like uh, when, uh, it, is, it is like invading Russia in, uh, in winter. It is, it, it is the same thing. Simply, the environment will kill you. The environment will stop you. The environment will hinder you. The same stuff here. This virus is hindered by heat. We, there are studies that have shown that the virus is temperature sensitive. So, for example, at 56 degrees Celsius, don't ask me to do it in Fahrenheit, you can do the math, is uh, it die? <laughs> the, the, the science uses... The science and uses Americans, we don't know Celsius, so I'd have to go back and look at the charts to do the... Uh, at 56 degrees it is not a temperature that you will uh, usually uh, encounter because it is uh, very hot the water boils at 100 degrees 56 degrees is basically midpoint Mm -hmm. and 56 degrees the virus lasts for 15 minutes at 4 degrees celsius which is a normal temperature in winter it is the normal temperature that will that will encounter into not really cold countries it is not hot but it is not snowing because the snow falls at 0 degrees celsius so it is right. a little bit higher than snow temperature the virus doesn't die from a temperature point of view wow. so imagine that when we will get in winter maybe that bus handle that you touch a few hours ago, had some COVID in it. If you were into summer, the heat would already have killed it. But right now, the virus is still present. So you mm-hmm. will get infected. Because maybe right. afterwards, you will uh, put your fingers up in your nose, you will <laughs> scratch your eyes. So right. this, is the point. this is the point. In the winter, the co- the, it is feasible to say, and it, it will likely happen, that the infection rate will start again and it will well for us start again for you it will, for you it will increase because uh, the virus it will be, it will spread more easily the environment will not hinder it anymore it will guys it could be a massacre really because the environment is playing a really 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 big part in it we still don't know exactly how much but it is feasible to say that it's playing a very big role into hindering into hindering like right now sure right. it is not playing a major role because the most important thing that you can do is socially distance it is wear a mask and not get infected in that way but for sure is helping right it is not winning the war but is helping winning it so Keeping when under control yeah yes so when this factor this helpful this helpful factor will go away it will be bad very very bad hmm. yeah also, I- also there is one thing that i really want to stress guys masks are not an option and there are different level of masks i have a, i have i can show them yeah uh, definitely please yeah this is an ffp1 level mask the mask that you normally wear it is a surgical mask using you said uh, that we use during surgical operation that are used right now all around the globe these masks doesn't stop you from getting infected. These masks only protects others from you. 
right. it will not stop the virus into entering into your, into your own body because it doesn't, it, it is not exactly sealed very well. It doesn't have the same, it, it doesn't have the same tissue as an N95 mask, which is an FFP2 level mask. So there are differences that it, they will stop you from infecting others. But you, if a person next to you, for example, on the bus, on the train, on the beach, on, uh, on the shop, on the street, on the streetway, doesn't wear a mask and he, he has COVID, which is a, could be a, an asymptomatic carrier, mm-hmm. a super spreader asymptomatic, which is the most dangerous type, he could easily get you infected because you think that you are safe. So you take more risks because it is, it is shown that people, when they feel safe, yeah, when, when they feel safe, they take more, they take more risks. So you don't socially distance because there is this um, little bit of mental breakdown that sometimes one person thinks, yeah, I'm wearing the mask. So I am safe. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm probably guilty of that myself. I mean, I feel like wearing my mask, I'm kind of, you know, protected. It's like my safety blanket. But um, I wanted to ask you, because uh, that's how I've understood it, too. I, I've understood that uh, when you're wearing a mask, you're, you're doing it as a, uh, a protection to other people. Uh, so you're sort of you're practicing compassion and empathy, you could, you could argue. Why is it that okay. the, the virus is able to stay contained if you're wearing a mask you're protecting other people why why does your mask not protect you from the outside the virus coming in because that's one of the things that people will say well yes. if it's if it's you know if it works one way why doesn't it work the other and then they use that as justification to not wear it at all no right? uh, it, it is not it is not at all uh, that difficult to understand when you start seeing the details a bit this, the virus spreads thanks, for example, to our propulsion from our, from, from our own body. So you cough, you sneeze, you're, uh, you breathe. If you put uh, that kind of mask on your face, on FFP1 level, mm-hmm. you will actually stop the particles from coming out and reaching a big distance. You will not stop them all, so you will not... Uh, you, uh, so you will stop... A, a good percentage of it. So for this reason, it, uh, the viral shedding, which is the particle, which is the amount of particles that are dispersed into air, will be, they are not enough to infect a person because literally it, they, you still need to have a determinate percentage, a determinate number of, part, of virus particles to infect someone because it is not like that you literally get one virus into your own body and you get infected. No, of course, right. you need a certain concentration of it. Mm-hmm. So the masks prevents from reaching that concentration level to infect another, another human being. But mm-hmm. the mask is not strong enough to protect you from getting the disease from the outside for the same principle. Right. Because, because, because the mask, let's see what happens when I wear it. These masks, the air passes through here. So from the outside, from the environment, the air enters through here. But when I cough, when I cough, the air gets stopped here, gets stopped at this level. So it doesn't go, uh, you don't spread it around. But you are not protected from the outside because the virus can enter from here, can enter to to your eyes, to the mucus of your eyes. So, so in layman's terms, just make sure I'm understanding. And so when I, cause I try to make sure I'm educating people, um, yeah, you know, sure. we, t- we talked offline, like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that I'm smarter than anybody else. I'm just trying to listen to people that are smart and do my research and make sure that I'm, you know, so I'm not, I'm not arguing, but I want to make sure that I can explain oh, it to sure, other sure, people. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I can explain it 10 times. I can, I can change the vocabulary. Sure. No problem. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure. So, so I'm understanding is, is basically in a nutshell, what it is, is that your, your projectile in a sense, when you're breathing is gonna, is gonna allow a higher concentration of the virus to jump out there. Uh, whereas when you are wearing the mask, you're basically containing it in that area. You're still breathing out. And like you said, some particles of the virus will still get out, but it's going to be in a concentration that's not enough to infect. Is that, and then when totally. you're wearing the mask, totally. it's not able to stop the other person who is projecting their virus. Is that, that's basically what you're, totally. you're saying, right? Okay. Totally. 
Also, there is, I will simply show the difference with an FFP2 level mask. This mask okay, protects you, protects you from getting you from getting infected. So this Remember, is like, yeah, or report the noise. Or the noise. <laughs> okay. So this is like what hospital workers are wearing, basically, right? Yes, this right is now. the N95. Yeah. Okay. When when you put this, when you put this, <laughs> yeah, glasses are the worst with these masks, right? Yeah. When you put this. You see that right here there is not space there is no space right so the virus cannot enter because there is a seal around me right i'm sealed from the outside world i can breathe of course i can right also sorry i will take a little divergence guys no no i was gonna no. i think i'm, I'm gonna i was gonna ask you about what you're probably going to say so that's good <laughs> yeah guys masks don't let you rebreathe your own carbon dioxide because i have heard in some videos that people say carbon monoxide guys if we pro if our body produced carbon monoxide we would already all be dead because carbon monoxide has an higher affinity level to hemoglobin so you die okay so it is carbon dioxide co2 not co for 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 once and for second this is an saturimeter this little instruments help us to measure our pre our partial pressure of oxygen in our body when i turn this on it will be around 98 99 which is the normal value i have my mask right now it is turning on i need to put my finger right i need to put my finger like a digital thermometer for your for your hand <laughs> yeah all right okay fingertip yeah, i'm waiting that is, is making its readings so the the, when, uh, the not nat, normal reading should be about 98, right? Or is that a, 98, 90, uh, 90, 98, 96. Uh, uh, major, major than 95, it's good, basically. Okay. 98, so 98. 90. Yeah, sorry, guys. But, uh, and you're wearing the sealed mask that's actually getting exactly. more sealed than the normal, like, res respirator exactly. mask that we were it, talking about before. 99. No, so, so I, 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 okay. Uh, you, you have seen it. It is, it is 99. So I'm wearing these masks and I'm getting oxygen fine without any problem. So I am not getting any kind of problem with a mask. The mask will not kill you, will not harm you. A mask, the only thing a mask that can give is saving a life. And maybe from a psychological standpoint, but this is still a matter of research, you could feel that you're getting less air. Mm -hmm. Okay? But in actuality, with the data, with the instrument that literally measures the amount of oxygen you know, in your body, you have the same. Right. So, I, I'd have to imagine that in all these years of uh, people working in the medical field, they've been wearing these masks for a very, very long time. If there was some kind of uh, <laughs> health risk to, to your breathing, I, wouldn't the medical community have, have uh, noticed that by now and addressed it and maybe made some changes? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. We use the surgical. We normally use the surgical. The surgeon uses the surgical ma mask maybe for eight hours, nine hours, twelve hours. It depends from the operation when they stand. Uh, when they stand still operating a patient, if the if this mask that people are required at least to wear would be harmful, all the surgeons in the world they will they would all be dead. Right. No? You would have no more surgeons <laughs> because they wear the, because you, they wear them every day. Right. <laughs> I, it, it, I think that points to one of the common themes that I see here, uh, unfortunately, in, in the United States, is that if it doesn't affect you directly, then you don't notice it. So if, uh, if somebody's not been wearing a mask all their lives, uh, and all of a sudden they're wearing one, and like you said, they feel that psychological feeling that they're not getting enough air, they don't seem to think or consider the fact that the medical community has been doing this for a very, very long time. And yeah. they're telling you that it's okay, you know, like you said, we'd all be dead if that were the case, but people yeah. don't care, care to listen to that because it doesn't fit into their uh, convenience having to wear one. Yeah, the point is that it really fits them. 
because when, when you start, it should really fit them because when you start looking at the damage, at damages that COVID does, you have different type of damages. You have damages from an operational standpoint and damages from a strategic standpoint. The damage from an operational standpoint are the direct damages that are done to the to a person. So for example, a person gets COVID, so he became he ill and he could die, it could get very bad or he could have a mild case of COVID. So that's an operational field of view. But there is a strategic field of view. When you, have a st- when you have a COVID surge in a country, in a place, in a, in a county, for example, uh, when, um, when a hospital g- goes into a COVID surge, what happens is that hospital become, becomes all around COVID because you start having such a big number of cases that you need to take care of them. Otherwise, they will still spread. So, and they will, they will infect more people and you will have bigger cases. So, for example, uh, you will reduce your operating theaters. You will have uh, less surgical rooms. So, maybe there is a car accident, let's just say. And uh, some, then maybe 10 people gets involved. Okay? But your hospital has only three operating surgical theaters because usually maybe 12 are taking, uh, are reduced only to, to three active because... Uh, Nine are used to put COVID patients because the hospital will run out of space into put right. COVID patients. So you will not only put them into, into your respiratory units, into your emergency department, into your gastroenterology, you will put them whenever, whenever you have space. Right. Because when you are getting overrun, what getting overrun means is this. You are literally putting up people in spaces in which you, will, you would not normally put them. So you will find COVID patients into gastroenterology, for example. It's normal because the hospital is getting overrun. This is what it means practically, okay? Right. So you have less spaces, you have less surgery rooms, and some people die for this reason. It mm-hmm. is happening. We don't know how many of them. We don't know the indirect damages of COVID. Right. We don't, we don't know it. I think that's such a good point that you brought up too because, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the other day when we were talking offline about uh, about that the death number is actually less than we might think. And you had brought up that the you called it indirect death. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things I talk about on the show a lot is is uh, this confirmation bias, this idea that you you take in the information that fits with your narrative or your convenience, your opinion, maybe that, oh, this is a hoax. It's not really that dangerous. And, uh, oh, a lot of the cases that are uh, being claimed to be death by COVID, they, you know, they're saying, oh, well, it's actually because they were really just old and they, and they had some other underlying issue. And that's but they're calling no, it not. COVID, where really it's, it's almost the opposite, where it's, it's somebody is not dying because they have COVID, but they're dying because they are not able to get the treatment they need because someone else is is there being overrun with other covid patients is that is that yes. right it's yes it's... totally because because at one you have, you have a limited amount of resources you have a limited amount of doctors right. you have a limited amount of spaces so if you use that resources to take care of covid you're not using them to take care of other diseases okay right yeah and some so... of these diseases are immediately life threatening some of them like maybe uh, plastic surgery are not uh, are not life threatening but some of them are life threatening Right. So if you're using the same amount of resources and you're using it because the surge happened so quickly and so and no one was ready for it and so you don't you don't have time to increase the the amount the requirement the, the requirement level of resources to have the same standard of care as before you are literally losing patients and you don't know how many of them because you have a limited amount of space. Right. Yeah, don't and necessarily when have a metric for that. Say, yeah, and when people say that the numbers are inflated, guys, they're not inflated. The numbers are, and they're likely, we, it is not sure, of course, because we are still have, we don't have any studies on it, uh, any false study on it. But it is probably infeasible to say and think that the numbers are underestimated, not, not upperestimated. Mm-hmm. Because no one in the world knows how many COVID patients there are in this country, how many dead there are for COVID in their country? How many people have died from indirect damages from COVID in their, in their country? No one knows. Right. Well, and, and one of the things that we talked about also before was the, 
the dangers inherent in people who are asymptomatic. And part yes. of that being like what you just said, we don't know, it, it might lead to underreporting. Because the thing that you said before, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think what you were saying is that you can be asymptomatic, but that doesn't mean that you're not sick and that you might still yes. succumb to it. And And the other thing is, like you said, there is this unknown factor because this is a novel virus. We don't know what might happen to you in a year. You might be showing no symptoms and not even know that you have it today, but in a year, what might happen to your lungs, right? So it's that is yeah, part of the danger yeah, inherent course, as well. Of course, of course. There are some diseases. There are some diseases that get that uh, get an active manifestation after ten years, after five years, after oh. one year. Right now, we don't know it. What it will happen to the to these people? We mm-hmm. hope. We hope that nothing it will happen, and we pray if we are religious that nothing bad will happen. That right. is all going to be okay, but we don't know it. This is the point. Also, there are a lot of studies that are showing that asymptomatic people actually get damages from COVID. Okay, so remember, guys, if you don't show any symptom, it's not good usually during a disease because these symptoms are usually your body is fighting back when you get the fever. For example, mm. is because your body is trying to kill a pathogen with uh, with uh, by raising the temperature. Right. In your body. Interesting. Okay. It is a defense mechanism. So mm. if you're not showing any defense mechanism, it is a problem. With mm. COVID, is a bit of it is a bit particular because a lot of damages of, of COVID are done by a thing called cytokine storm. So there is another reaction of the body. But still, overreaction is bad, and not reacting to it is also bad, probably. Okay, we still don't we still don't have a clear answer to this, and no right. one can safely say with any shadow of doubt that yeah, asymptomatic patients is fine. Yeah, yeah, you know this. I also, think... children are fine. Also, children are fine. Children right. don't get infected. Ch- children don't don't get it, and they are fine. How do you know this? Right. Yeah, sure. Right now, yeah, sure. Right now, they are not showing any kind of symptoms or any kind of bad repercussion, and we hope that it stays like this. But we have any proof of it? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Right. This I... is the point. So, for this reason, in medicine, in, in medicine, there is a motto: "It's better to prevent than cure." It is always better to prevent something than cure it. Right. That's the key way Absolutely. of thinking. In medicine, mm-hmm. there, there, there is a thing that um, and to overshoot rather than to undershoot, right? To yes. Plan for more. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a strategic level, yes. Um, there is a thing that uh, one doctor said in Italy that I totally agree with him. He said, "When you're fighting COVID into the hospital, it means that you're already losing. It means that you are already losing. COVID needs to be fought and fought on the streets before people get to the hospital." Mm-hmm. Because when people that get really, really serious with COVID are, are around 20%. So you can mathematically at least add that there is another 20% that are shown into the cases of the tracing system. And there is another 20 up to 40% of people that are asymptomatic. So your number of odd million that you have, you need to up it of 40%. Up to 20 to 20 to 40 percent. This is your real number. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm telling you that numbers are just numbers. You need, right. you need to know how to look at them. You need to understand what there is beyond the number. Right. Okay. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Because, because a, simple, a simple number doesn't tell the full story. Mm-hmm. Also, when people start comparing countries, it is simply stupid. Because comparing countries, it is like comparing different languages. It doesn't make any sense uh, if mm. it is done without any statistical, real, um, correct, uh, correct uh, context, correction error, or... context and correction error. Because, for example, you can compare the uh, the numbers in Italy and the numbers of US from a million pop- for, for one hundred thousand population. At first look, it might seems like a correct comparison. Okay, we are taking one hundred thousand people in Italy and one hundred thousand people in the US, so it's fine. No, it is not fine because the US, it is a continent. Italy mm. is a small country, small, relatively speaking, 60 million people. Right. It is, you should compare Italy to Florida because you have the same amount of population, oddly enough, etc., etc., etc. You have a lot of environmental and country-specific factors that are at least a bit comparable. You should compare 
the European Union to the US. And also in this account, you should also count the difference of population because in the right. US, you have 330 million people. In the European Union, you have 430 million, 440 million, 444 million. Also, just to tell you, one thing that people don't, don't think of it, it is the number of people for kilometer square, the density of population. In the mm -hmm. US, because it is a big country with less people than Europe, it is 36 people from kilome for, for kilometer square population mm -hmm. density. In Europe, it is 103. Wow. It is three times more. So when you're, when you're comparing in a global pandemic with this kind of spreading, two countries with such a different population density, it means that in Europe, we are more closely packed together. And right. it doesn't require rocket science to understand yes. that if you are more close, if you are near someone else, it is more easily, to, it is easier to get infected. Okay. Right. But we, also we make, age, we make, Sorry. also ahead. the age factor, Italy is the second oldest population in the world. And in general, wow. in Europe, because we have um, universal healthcare, I don't know, and as you call it, uh, we have healthcare provided by the, by the government. People usually live longer. Right. Because they can afford healthcare and die and don't die on the street. So right. uh, this this is an essential point. When you compare numbers, you can you cannot only look to the simple number. Okay. In the in the US right now, guys, you are doing very, very badly. And you're doing badly, I will tell you again, in the worst season of COVID, in which mm -hmm. it is weaker, in which the disease right. is weaker. Right. If, if there was any time of the year that we would have to basically make it die off, it would be now because it's, it's, it's yeah. lifetime is, you know, it's amount of time that it can live without a host is longer. Right. I was going to say also the uh, it's, it's very interesting that it, you know, from a, from a natural standpoint uh, or a societal standpoint, you guys in Italy are, have the odds stacked against you because of what you said, like the population density is, is so much bigger and you know a larger population compared to like the population density here uh, or you were talking about Euro the european union in general the european union in italy is worse don't worry in italy is worse yeah. than, than the european union we have but, a higher population density than, than the median of the european union mm -hmm. but yet you're doing so much better than us because while you guys have the disadvantage in population density you have the advantage in uh, thinking people who are trying to do the best they can to do the social distancing and, and wearing the mask. And as you said, yeah, we try. you have, you also have the universal healthcare, which uh, I wasn't going to get into too much because I know you didn't want to get too political either, but that is something that I'm uh, pretty passionate about. It comes up in other episodes at times about, about universal healthcare and how uh, if we had, for example, when this virus first came out, uh, had we had a system of universal healthcare, I think we would have, we would have been able to tackle the virus um, early on for, for one part, simply because people would not be afraid to come in and get treated. Because I think a lot of people yeah. before we had our, before the cares act kicked in and people knew they would be protected, uh, they would be covered if they had COVID symptoms. I think there were a lot of people that didn't come in to get treated because they knew they wouldn't be able to afford emergency care. And we didn't have, because we don't have universal health care, you know, healthcare is a for-profit industry here in my country. Unfortunately, that's that's uh, to me. I, I I feel like that's so archaic. And, and most other countries, uh, I think that's a pretty standard thing, right? To have universal, universally. Yeah, it, it is like it is like paying for the police or for the army. It is something that should be protected. The, the police, in theory, I say in theory, should protect you when there is a criminal, when there is something bad that happens to you. The same is with healthcare. You don't know right. when you will get a disease. Right. You don't know if you if you will ever develop cancer. Right. Why you sh why you should worry about it? You you pay your taxes to your government. <laughs> right. Why? It is not it is not like it is your fault. Right. <laughs> it is um. It 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 is literally a human right. Yeah. It is a human I right agree. to be protected. It is a human right to be protected. It is a human right also to have your back covered. You know. Because you right. live in a small country, you live in a rich country, in a country that can afford it. Right. And, and you know, we kind of, we touched on it earlier. I think there's some parallels here with the, the American obsession with uh, defense spending. You know, we put, we put so much money into that. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, to your point, actually, I know, and I was going to bring up 9-11 too. So and I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, you, you brought up in the context of the, the response that we had as a nation. Uh, and again, and, and I didn't, I did not agree with a lot of what that response was for reasons like relating to going after Iraq, uh, you know, rather than the actual people who were involved, but that's a topic for another episode. But the point being that, when we see something like an explosion, like you said, right? Um, when it comes to, or like you had mentioned, police, we we pay taxes and we get police coverage, uh, fire, you know, firefighters and all that. When we see something as Americans, right in our in our face, an explosion, a violent act, we we get together, we respond, you know, we we lower the flag, we 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 sing songs and, and praise America before basketball games. And we do show these big show of emotions on a uh, kind of, um, you know, artificial level, I guess you could say. But when it comes to these big picture uh, things that you have to do a little bit of research on, like COVID, for example, it's not a, it's not a huge, it's not a big alien with, with long arms that's coming oh, and attacking that? people and running down the street. It's this little thing that's, that's attacking us. Um, and, and we just, uh, you know, in healthcare in general, it, it, like you said, I mean, we're the ideal, the ideal would be prevention, but instead we're more, we're more response oriented. And what you're saying is that we need to get more prevention oriented. Is that, is that yeah, correct? Totally, totally, totally. Because it, when you have a stealth, because it's literally a stealth disease like this, because it is such an, a big incubation period. Also, there are super spreaders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot fight it on the field, on the right. field of the hospital, because you are getting overwhelmed. You are seeing it. Right. It is simply too much. You cannot prepare an hospital for taking uh, 1,000 patients a day. Right. It, it, is, it is not thinkable. No one, no one, no one can prepare. You, you, literally, right. you literally don't have enough hands to take care of them. Literally right. speaking, enough, enough bodies of the medical staff to take care of them. So you need to, yeah. you need to prevent it. You, you, know, you need to break the cycle. You need to break the cycle in some way. Because otherwise, guys, you will run out of body bags. This is right. it. Yeah. Totally. And it's interesting too. Um, you know, I, I like the point that you just made because, you know, it makes me think of like the Boston bombing for a couple of years back at the, at the, at the Boston marathon. Um, if you, if you're familiar with that yeah. um, and, and cases like that, where, and that, and that was a terrible, I mean, the terrible tragedy, horrible what happened, but you have the red cross showing up, emergency healthcare workers are showing up people. And, and like you said, it's um, we're not, we're not prepared to respond to something like that every day. Something like a nine 11 level event is, happening almost every day here in america we're yeah. we're hit we're over a thousand people and if you can you mentioned two thousand in, in the in the buildings but on that day three thousand people total were killed when you count the, the airplanes in the pentagon the pentagon and all that um so you're talking basically like you know if we're going to give a conservative estimate here we're a third of a 9-11 every day because in like you said we're probably underreporting it but just to be conservative estimate yeah. let's say we're we're a one-third so every three days we're experiencing a 9-11 here in my country and uh, and i'm old enough to you know i was a junior in high school when 9-11 happened i mean i remember i remember what the response was like from a from an emotional from a sim- symbolic standpoint um, and we're we're hitting that every three days in this country, and uh, and the fact that we're being so flippant about it is is just uh, baffling to me. So it's definitely. I think uh, I think one of the worst thing that your country, not country, sorry, but one of the worst thing that you did as society in the U.S. was politicizing a virus. A virus doesn't make political differences. <laughs> right. A virus, a, a virus right. just wants uh, to spread. You know. Yeah. So it doesn't care if you are conservative, if you are democratic, if you are democratic, uh, yeah. they're called, if you're mm-hmm. a Democrat, right. it doesn't care nothing about this. It simply and only cares about spreading and infecting. And uh, this, is, this is the end of the bottom line. The, vi- right. the virus is a virus. It doesn't care about, right. about what cell is infecting. It simply Doc- cares to infect. Yeah, Dr. Fauci, he's the, the head of the CDC here, is being undermined by our president who is calling him uh, uh, basically a, a whack job and, and undermining the message that he's giving to our our 
citizens, which is to me is treasonous. I mean, I think that he should be, you know, I think he should be removed from office just for that. But, you know, I, I'm, my views on Donald Trump are pretty, uh, are, are pretty, I think, I'm pretty open about that. So uh, I don't, I won't get into that too much, but I just, you know, to your point about um, it not being political, uh, he, he, he called it, no, a, I mean, we have a president who called it a democratic hoax from the very beginning. Uh, that is just so irresponsible as a, as a uh, leader of the, the nation. And uh, it, it, it's not irresponsible. It's simply stupid because uh because when you have a big following you can be an influencer you can be a politician yeah. you can be a doctor you can be what a youtuber whatever whatever it is right. if you have a big following you have a big responsibility for the fuck's sake spider-man told you <laughs> spider-man told you with great powers came great responsibility yes, yes you created the spider-man come on absolutely the love of god you know you know this yeah so when you have such a big following and you don't understand that your words matter because right. For the law of big numbers, there are a lot of brain-dead stupid people, but still people that will hear your word and do as you say, whatever things you say. Right. Simply, what you do matters. What you say matters. Because you influence their uh, what they do. And what they do, it will influence the ongoing of the disease. And they, in right. this will influence people outside of their circle. Because they could right. infect a friend, they could infect a brother, they could infect someone that thinks totally differently than them, that there's no fault. Yeah, pe- people like you, unfortunately, are a minority in my country where uh, we, 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 take, we take the word of the, the people that we look up to and, and uh, whatever they say, that's, that's the truth. And we don't really question it beyond that. And uh, I mean, even you had mentioned uh, before our conversation today that you were going to provide me with some links to some of your research that I could put in the description below. Because as I said before, I am a very big believer in in uh, seeking out the truth, educating myself. Uh, and I'm not interested in trying to share some kind of personal biases or uh, opinions on the matter. I'm trying to get down to the to the facts. And I think, uh, you know, we need more Americans to do that. And uh, I, I can only do my yeah. part. You know, I don't have as big of an audience as, as the president, obviously, but uh, I, I'm, not yet. I'm not yet. trying to do, my, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I, trying to do my part. Uh, I feel like what's happened with, uh, with COVID and, you know, we were talking offline a little bit about the George Floyd situation, which I've also been talking about that a little bit. I, those, those two particular yeah. things are really pivotal moments here in in my country and it's kind of drawing a line in the sand in terms of um, how you choose to uh, perceive the world around you and and are you going to just accept the the bad behavior of your leaders or are you going to to fight fight back and and educate yourself Uh, uh, it is not you you know it it is not there is a degree of uh, there is a big degree of ignorance in society in every society, not only in America. Don't worry, it is not only an American <laughs> problem. Also in Italy, we have our conspiracy theories, we have our funny people, you know. Right. But uh, the point is that uh, the everyone needs to understand one simple thing. Today, the science. I take care of medicine because it is my fe- it is my field of study, but all the science is all evidence-based. There right. is a thing called principle of authority. The principle of authority is, for example, a Nobel Prize said this, or this, 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 this person said this. In science today, the principle of authority is dead because no matter who says what, he say it matters, the data, what he proves. Because when you say something and when you talk to the scientific community and to the people in science, you need to show them proof. Because if I say, for example, Christopher, uh, you are stupid, I need to show the proof why you're stupid. <laughs> because otherwise, my, my assertion doesn't have any weight. Right, right. You need, you need to do a study, you need to put up a theory, etc., etc., etc. So every single thing that we do today is evidence-based. This means that it is perfect? Of course no. People make mistakes. 
we make mistake we maybe uh, understand don't understand something that in maybe 10 years it will be obvious it will be it will right. be oh my god how it is possible that 10 years ago the, the people didn't do this you know what has been the biggest revol- one of the biggest revolution in medicine Uh, it's been one of the biggest life ch- life changing uh, life saving revolution in medicine has mm. been washing your hands before a surgical operation mm. really because yes because in the 1800s the surgeons didn't wash their hands because mm. they thought it was not necessary etc 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 but oh. when they showed them proof that by simply washing your hands before a surgical operation you were literally increasing the success rate uh, uh, of the operation by 40% if i wow. remember correctly the, if I, if i remember correctly the number it was around 40% they said they said oh my god so it's true this is how it works you were, but when they did, when they didn't wash their hands it wo- it was not because they were stupid they didn't they didn't know they, they didn't know right yeah it is the same now maybe in 10 years 20 years time it will be something different something groundbreaking no problem but <laughs> as today as we know and what we do it is all all evidence based right also i can touch very, very i want to touch very very briefly on one thing vaccine sure. mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared of vaccine of vaccines right. guys you need to understand one thing vaccines are the most natural response that there is to a disease what we do as the what we do as medical professionals and as healthcare providers is giving your own body his own weapons to fight a disease i will make a comparison just uh, to let it uh, just to be simple it is like taking a can tank putting out the barrel so it doesn't have any way to shoot you and to harm you and tell to your uh, gunners okay shoot that tank until it's dead so mm. they will practice they will right. understand how to shoot what to shoot mm. mm-hmm. where to shoot what to shoot because right. this is the key point in medicine using the right antibodies etc 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 so your mm. body needs to learn how to do how, how to do and how to react and so when the disease come to your body your body activates immediately the secondary response because you have two kinds of responses into your into the human body the primary response and the secondary response the primary response is that response that is triggered when you meet an antigen a pathogen for the first time so your body needs mm. to understand what to do and right. this takes time this takes time and yeah. in, in that time you could die because for right. example if you get tetanus from the time that your body understand what to do you are dead so it is no longer useful but right If you have trained your body with the vaccine for tetanus your body already knows how to kill what to kill mm. uh, the pathogen and so you will not get anything so you 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 will be fine remember the, that what they inject you it is not something strange it is literally a p there are active vaccine and deactivated vaccine i don't want to go to, too technical but the point is that what they inject you is exactly what happens in the body but without any harm it is a weapon it is a weaponless pathogen if it is an active vaccine right. or the, or they inject you pieces of a dead pathogen uh, literally they, we cut it uh, it is cut in pieces and uh, so your body understand how to break it down etc mm. etc this is the principle of vaccination it, right. it, it, it is nothing so hard to understand when you when you see it because right. it is it is literally using your own body defenses to prepare him to fight a disease right so you're you're kind of just you're just uh, training it in a way right like totally, to do totally. what it, it's it, already it, it, meant to exactly. do exactly exactly right. and this is a big problem because when you train something when when you train i don't know you said to me that you were a guard a guard reservist yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh if you shoot uh, if you don't shoot for 20 years maybe you fo- you forget how to shoot right? right you don't shoot anymore so well this right. is the same for the body mm-hmm. when you uh do a vaccination to a patient uh there is a time in which is covered maybe it's covered for a lifetime or maybe it's covered for one year or for maybe six months three months we don't know it 
it depends from the different vaccine, it depends from the pathogen, it depends from the ability to the body to remember that pathogen. Right. For COVID, the real danger of vaccination of COVID is that we don't know how long they last. Right. This is the big problem with vaccination for COVID because maybe they will be available if you are lucky in a few months time, maybe next year if you're lucky. For, from, from, the medi- from the medical standpoint, getting a vaccine in less than four years is incredible because, uh, you know, usually vaccination take uh, sometimes decades to develop. So oh, wow. making a vaccine in uh, three years, it is groundbreaking. Hmm. Um, and so the, the real problem is how long the body will remember how to fight this virus. Hmm. That's, that's what scares us. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is the real problem. And no one can give you an answer because there is no vaccine available. So we have no right. data. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, the one thing that, that keeps coming up when we talk about this is that unknown factor. And, uh, and, and the thing is that's, that's frustrating to me is the people that, uh, that fight the validity of this virus, they, they keep pointing to that. They, they point to the perceived inconsistencies. Well, this person tested positive and didn't show any symptoms for three weeks. So that's so inconsistent. That's, well, that's part of the thing is this is an unknown. There's a, there's a, that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And, and also I wanted to point to science in general, like, as you had mentioned, evidence-based, one of the things that I understand about the science, science community and, and um, scientific research is that it does change and evolve as new information totally. comes in. So totally. theories, and, and people use that to, and again, not to get off one other topic, but like with evolu- evolution, for example, things have come up in the study of evolution that in some cases might disprove something that Darwin said a long time ago, but doesn't mean that evolution is not true. It means that our understanding totally. of it is evolving, right? To use the, totally, the totally, 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 this, this is the key point of science, evolving, changing, modifying itself, and sometimes even contradicting itself. And saying right. what I said before, it was totally right. <laughs> right. This is was totally wrong. Sorry. This right. is the this is the key point of science mm-hmm. to be open about it and to understand it. But you need knowledge to do so. You need to study Absolutely. hard because you need first to understand what what was wrong before, and then and then maybe you can change it if you right. think it's wrong. But right. the point the point is that uh, yeah, there are inconsistency in the patients. It's true. Some patients maybe um, they they seems like they have recovered from COVID, and maybe a few weeks after they became infected again. This is the key point of what I was talking about. The, because you have one thing called EGG level. EGG level is the antibodies level. Antibodies are the, um, are what our body uses to fight against pathogens. They're well. It is used as, a, as an indication factor. If you see, it is like having ammo. It is like seeing ammo. If uh, if I see that a lot of uh, I don't know FMJs, I know that I need to kill something big and hard. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it it is it is the same here. If we see a lot of EGG level, it means that this person an higher EGG level. It means that this person has already had this disease. And maybe you see an high an high EGG level and a low EGM level, which is the antibodies that it is uh, produced for the first time that you fight a disease. Mm-hmm. And you can say, okay, maybe this person has recovered or this and that. You do the different, uh, the different tampons, uh, not tampons, sorry, the different tests, the oral test with the swab. And uh, you check, uh, when you do that, you check for the DNA because you see if there is some DNA of COVID uh, on, uh, on, the, on the cells that you have taken with uh, the little stick. And right. if there is DNA, you say, okay, this person has COVID. If there is no mm. DNA, you say, okay, this person doesn't have COVID. And right. maybe you result negative to, both, to all of this. And then a few times afterwards, you result positive. Why this happens? We don't know. We right. don't know. This is, right. this, is the true, this is the true answer. We are still studying it. We are still understanding it. For people right. that are worried about this, they say, oh my God, science doesn't know. Yes, guys. Surprise, surprise. There is unknown in the world. We, we study right. it. We, try to work to understand it the knowledge that today we have it is it is done thanks to our pioneer 100 years when fleming discovered the first uh, um the first uh uh what's called in english um uh, antibiotics when Mm -hmm. he discovered the first antibiotics he discovered it by chance totally by chance he was he was studying something else Oh, During wow. his study, something happened. He saw, hmm. oh my God, 
with this substance, the bacteria dies. Hmm. Oh my God, I did, I did, the, I did, uh, I discovered something incredible. Wow. This is how, this is how science works. Something you have yeah. studied something and you discover something else totally. Bob, Bob Ross would call that a happy accident. I don't know. If, yes, uh, totally. Uh, it, it, has been, it has been totally an happy accident. Yeah. And so it is the same year. There is still a lot of unknown. And for this right. reason, we need to do the few things that we know that works. So socially distance and wear a mask. Because if you don't, think, if you don't get infected, all the possible unknown are reduced to zero because you, are, don't, you don't have the virus. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on here today and, and helping to educate me and, and hopefully some people that will be watching this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to cut it a little bit short here because normally sure. we would be having this interview. I, t- I usually do my interviews in the, in the evening, but you're nine hours ahead of me over in across the Atlantic ocean. So um, my kids are uh, only going to have tolerance for this for, uh, so long so uh, I don't I don't want to be a completely negligent father or anything so um. we will definitely hopefully connect again uh, I know you've got no problem. a lot of expertise and we were talking about some other things uh, on other topics and I think that you bring some good uh, good insight into those so thank you for having me yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for uh, for checking me out once again. Uh, I will be talking with you again very soon. And uh, remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus. <laughs>